Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 22, June 11, 2016, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you for listening. Had to get this show out quick. This is a very on-the-spot episode. This is representative of June 9th, 2016, the regular assembly meeting in the Fairbanks North Star Borough. All right. With doing this, um, I attended the meeting. Just I wanted to see what the process is because Good Sense is coming up doing this. And we had five businesses up for um, borough approval. That could have been a stopping point for can of businesses going forward. But instead, it became, um, not even became, it just continued on being a good thing for Fairbanks. So at this meeting, um, again, it's the uh, FNSB regular assembly meeting. And let me list off the people who are at this meeting. We have Mayor, Borough Mayor Carl Castle. We had the Borough Attorney, Renee Broker. Borough Clerk, Nancy Ashford Bingham. And the Assembly, John Davies, Presiding Officer, Catherine Dodge, Deputy Presiding Officer, Van Lawrence, Diane Hutchinson, Hutchison. Yeah, I keep putting that N in there for her for some reason. Janice Westland, Christopher Quist, Guy Satley, Lance Roberts. Also in the Assembly is Matthew Cooper, but he was not in attendance for this. So, as we say, five businesses were up for public hearing. Um, you could have voiced um, disapproval if you wanted to, approval if you wanted to as well. And um, each person had, each each business had a chance to present. They had 10 minutes to present anything. Most of them didn't present anything. Four out of five had representation at the meeting. Um, of those having representation, most sat there and just took questions. We'll listen to those later. Um, the businesses, let's run through those real quick. We had the Tannenal Herb Company, Purple Quail, doing businesses at Sunrise Gardens. We also had the Alaska Cannabis Cultivators. They are the ones that had no rep. Uh, still passed. Um, Pakalolo Supply Company. And Rosie Creek Farm. Special shout out to Rosie Creek Farm. They are the first ones in the state. I hope they're the first ones that are legally growing. I'm not sure what first they are, but they're the first in Fairbanks that's going to be moving. Um, as far as that goes, the, the big things that were introduced here, every single license had a condition put on it. It was approved with this condition that solid waste um, would be discarded in an approved facility. You just can't drop it off at the transfer site. Protest with the following condition. Borough code designates and restricts the use of the borough's collection and transfer sites to residents of the borough residing outside the city of Fairbanks who are disposing residential solid waste. The applicant must ensure that all solid waste accumulated at its premises or business establishment that is collected and trans transported off its premises is transported to an approved solid waste disposal facility in accordance with borough code. That's pretty much all in the licenses anyway when you're applying for the state, so it shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, Lance Roberts and uh, Diane Hutchinson, they both were saying it's violation of federal law and public health, and they kept on uh, that was their issue it constantly went um six two um passed 
went through, everything's good in Fairbanks. What I what are the good things about this? What the learning aspect of what we can do here is we first of all, this is the process of what happens at the end. The first thing if you want to do business in the Fairbanks North Star Borough is you need to go to the borough building and get a talk to the community planning department, zoning permit or conditional use permit. You have your choose your own adventure here. Where next, depending on what happens, you got your zoning permit or your conditional use permit. You move on and you have to get the license from the state. Once you have a complete license from the state, the mayor's office will be notified. Um, it will then go back to the, there's three departments within the borough. You're going to have the planning department, the assessment department, and treasury. All have to look at your documents again, make sure everything's okay. They've already looked at it before. You've already done with the state. Everything's good here. It's a pretty easy process. You've done what you should be doing. Everything's good. Um, the, the borough will then present to the assembly a complete packet, and they will say whether they approve or disapprove. All of them, they supported and then it went on to the assembly. You, then where the assembly has an opportunity to protest or not protest. From that, um, we shall see what the protests are. What I'm going to do is introduce each of them. And then we will, at the end, we will just do Lance's. And then we will do Diane's. And we'll see what happens there. There's a particular warning by Guy Satley at the end. Um, but eh. so let's let the professional say what I just did about the zoning, zoning permit or the conditional use permit. We do. And since, um, these marijuana licenses are a little bit different than the liquor licenses that we just blew through, um, I would like Mr. Williams to give us a brief overview of our administrative process and how we review these and how it's different than marijuana or different than the alcohol licenses that we have been doing so that everybody's on the same page and for the edification too of those listening and the public. So Mr. Williams, please. Sure, my pleasure. So the uh, the process for the liquor licenses and the marijuana licenses is pretty, pretty they're pretty close, very similar. Um, the way the marijuana license works out is the uh, applicant for the uh, license will apply. There's two paths they have to take in the beginning. Uh, the first thing they'll do is they'll try. They'll have to get a zoning permit. Uh, they may need a conditional use permit. They can get a zoning permit or encounter from community planning. Uh, depending on what path that takes, uh, so the next path they'll have to take is they'll have to apply for a license to the state from alcohol and marijuana control board. Um, when they get their application, it's complete. The Marijuana Control Board Administration section will contact the mayor's office. At that point, we'll assemble the packet and present that packet uh, to the assembly with all the supporting documentation. Uh, one of the three of the things we look at uh, before we, in the packet of information that we give you, um, we'll take a look at the planning department. They'll do another check to make sure the zoning is compliant. And we'll also run it through the assessing department and get their input on it, on the parcel information. And then Treasury and Budget will just do a quick check on taxes. And then at that point, um, you'll see the packet in your agenda packets, and then uh, we'll go through exactly the same process we went through uh, for the alcohol licensing. Thank you. 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 Thank
So the way this works is you will have, if you are going up for license, the borough, it was the mayor's chief of staff, he was presenting whether they like the application or not. You are sitting there in front of the borough assembly. You have 10 minutes. You can talk or you can just have questions, whether they want to ask you any questions or not. And you go sit down. The board talks. They talk among themselves. Then they add amendments and things, and you heard what um, was added by Catherine Dodge. Everything else, it, pretty much standard. Um, we had two going against it on every single one. And you'll hear those come out. But let's start with Tannenol Herb Company. I think alcohol probably is one of the worst things on this earth, but people use it responsibly, and, and I understand that. And so I vote for these liquor licenses. And move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. And move to protest. And this is what we all swear to with our hand on the Bible.
mean, Miss Hutchison, excuse me. I know Miss Hutchison. Thank you for being here. Do you plan on having employees? Yes. And can you just kind of tell me, have you applied for like a federal employee identification number? Yes. The state, you see, are you going to pay payroll? Yes, yeah, payroll. Um, not for a long time, though, you know, for probably four months or so. Um, I'm just curious how people are working out the mechanics of uh, cash basis and doing these things. Is that been an issue for you? Well, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, no money can go into banks, so everything is cash process. Um, we're still waiting to hear on if anybody will open up banks, so then um, it doesn't have to be a cash business. Um, we're looking forward to that. Um, it's Dutch. Thank you. I was curious. Um, so I understand that you're the owner is in Anchorage at the Marijuana Board Commission, yes, whatever they're called, um, to, presumably to find out if your application is approved by them. Right. Uh, we were pushed off until tomorrow. We were like two away, and then they, they shut it off for the day. So we'll hear from you so, tomorrow. Yeah. And um, are you able to buy cashier's checks, or are they, is that what you're trafficking? Not sure, but it's still going into a right. FDIC insured bank, I would assume. Thank so. you. So. Uh, yeah, I found the nice packet of maps we have for the application. It's, uh, it was way in the back of one of these folders. Um, it tells, it's a very detailed neighborhood plot plan, uh, your lot number and everything. However, <laughs> it doesn't tell me what I want to know. Uh, roughly speaking, whereabouts in the community are you? Perkins Drive, I don't know where that is. Where, where is that? Do you want me to show you on the map? No. Just, just oh, okay, so Perkins Drive um, goes right along the river, and we're at the very end. There's one other person at uh, uh, the end. He has a gate, but we're on the very end of the left. What, what part of town? Uh, it's... Yeah, Republic. Rosie Creek? Creek? Yes. Yeah, so you go down Rosie Creek, and then you take a left on... Um, uh, that's what it turns into Perkins Drive. Thank you. Yep. Any other questions? Yeah. Mr. I didn't catch your last name. Was it Hatchy? Hatchy. H A C H E Y. And you, your report from the uh, uh, from the administration uh, mentions the fact that a permit. Zoning permit was issued and then revoked, and then new Do you know? I mean, we've got the planning and zoning director here, but do you know what the, what the problem was? Uh, it was doors, actually. Um, our building is bigger than what our 1,500 square feet can allow. So our um, 1,500 square foot license was for partial, uh, for a part of that building. Okay. And so we had to change some doors around and restrict access to the rest of the building so the owner of the building couldn't get into the grub. So we pretty much took doors out and then put a door on this uh, 
on the left side of the building. I mean, so the owner couldn't get. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. Um, so it has to be a separate entity, absolute setup. Uh, you know, everything we do has to be inside of that 1,500 square feet, and so we couldn't. Well, this was a limit, in other words, you originally applied for a limited cultivation? Correct. Correct, the 1,500 square foot. Right now I'm looking at it, it's a, it's a standard cultivation. It's still a limit. Yes, sir. So we had to have everything, even our front door. We couldn't use the garage or the, the owner's front door. We had to make our own front door on the side of the building and our own access. We're leasing it. I think I've answered my question, but just to confirm. So basically, this is what's called like a small door. Yes. And that's why while you're, you're surrounded by residential, it's, according to code, that's not a problem because it's small. As well. Correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, your your statements about owner, I kind of got answered when so you're leasing the building. Yes, ma'am. How long have you lived in mm -hmm. Fairbanks? Four months. Four months. Yeah. Okay. Myself. And where are you from? Uh, originally from Portland, Oregon. Okay, thank you very much. Sure. Is there anyone else who wishes to testify in this application? <laughs> I'm going to close public hearing on, on this and look for a motion. Now let's hear from Sunrise Gardens. I think alcohol probably is one of the worst things on this earth, but people use it responsibly, and, and I understand that. And so I vote for these liquor licenses. And move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. And move to protest. And this is what we all swear to with our hand on the Bible. Motion. I see two people here to, to testify. Are you the applicants? Yes. Okay, so, so as the applicant, you'll have 10 minutes if you need to present. Uh, so give your name, book, name and address for the record, please, and proceed. My name is Deborah Hutchins. Um, street address is 440 We began the process by filing for our permit applications for zoning. We're approved on March 1st. We ended up doing an amendment on indoor. We're going to do indoor and outdoor cultivation. The indoor was, um, permit was modified for the square footage. And uh, today was our, we were on the agenda for our license through the state and we were approved with my provision that we install security at a gate at the top of our driveway so that we don't have to worry about people coming into the property when we're doing transportation of the plants from the indoor to the outdoor or back into the property or to the facility. <coughs> so my husband, Miller Thomas, is the other Licensee. Mr. Thomas, do you want to make what? Did you want to make some comment? No, sir. 
bring this together and it's something called mom and pop operation. It's not a big operation, but uh, something to supplement my retirement. It's just Debra and I, we have, we'll hire another boys. Alaska cannabis cultivators? I think alcohol probably is one of the worst things on this earth, but people use it responsibly, and, and I understand that. And so I vote for these liquor licenses. I move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. I move to protest. And this is what we all swear to with our hand on the Bible. It's to Alaska cannabis cultivators at 2691 Arlo Street in there is a proposed protest by Senator Member Roberts and additional information in the pink folders. Yes, we can. Mr. Williams. Thank you. Borough Administration has reviewed the request for a new marijuana license standard cultivation facility request before you. The property is zoned correctly and administration recommends no protest. Thank you very much. Open to public hearing. Is there anyone here who wishes to testify on this application? Westland? Yes. Mr. Sally? Yes. Mr. Quist? Yes. 
Mr. Lawrence? Yes. Mr. Roberts? No. Ms. Hutchison? No. Ms. Dodge? Yes. Mr. Davies? Yes. Would anyone like to change the vote? I see an input. It's two. It's two. Okay, the motion to file no protest with one condition is approved. Pakalolo Supply Company. I think alcohol probably is one of the worst things on this earth, but people use it responsibly, and, and I understand that. And so I vote for these liquor licenses. I move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. I move to protest. And this is what we all swear to with our hand on the Bible. Next item is same marijuana license, standard cultivation facility license number. 
was testified here earlier, you know, over 25 states, so 25 states now have voted medical marijuana laws that uh, certainly would contradict that danger to public health. His main point on our specific property is that we are located on this end of Fox Avenue. The railroad owns all of that land. We lease from the railroad. We have been approved by the railroad. And they are the ones who blocked off the Fox Avenue. We don't care when the railroad's open. I just do not have the through traffic, so I'm fine with the uh, with the railroad having decided not to have traffic in there. They don't want, uh, from my understanding from the other residents in the area, the railroad doesn't want the through traffic. They don't want people coming in between that part of the road um, And if it was open, the amount of traffic that's at our friend uh, down the street, Hoodoo Brewery, uh, would be substantial coming in and out of that same location. So for safety concerns, it's actually better that it's closed off. There isn't the through traffic. His specific point of our business generating traffic and being on the curve there, well, that's been the exact same situation that has existed for the past 25 plus years that Gary Wilkin owned Fairbanks Distributors. Uh, was familiar with uh, that business, knew that he had a very large number of delivery vehicles that were coming and going every single day at that same location, same parking lot. Plus, he had a retail thrift store there for uh, bread and food products that also generated a great deal of traffic. And I don't believe that Mr. Roberts ever protested uh, the safety issue with Senator Wilkins. Um, we will do anything within our power that will make the situation safer. Um, we certainly intend to clear the small amount of remaining brush that's there to increase visibility. So uh, we appreciate the, the concern, but I don't believe it's a valid protest. We simply protest the lives. I'd be very happy to answer the questions. So I'm just curious, why is that even in this packet, that uh, EIN number? So I was going to ask the relationship between the Hollister Enterprises LLC. I see you're leasing. Pakaloa is leasing from you as an individual. Is that how that works? Pakaloa is leasing from Hollister Enterprises? Yes, I, uh, my lease, uh, very common real estate practice. I was a former real estate broker. Uh, Mr. Wilkin uh, owned the property in his uh, separate company, Wilkin Properties, Inc. Um, while he was also leasing it to Fairbanks Distributors, um, it was a common practice I always recommended to my commercial clients is to establish a holding company for the real estate lease to the, the business they were operating. Um, Mr. Wilkins Wilkins Properties, Inc. leases to my holding company, Hollister Enterprises, LLC, and I sublease to Pacalo Supply Company, Inc. 
So your employees for Pacalolo will be using the Pacalolo EIN, correct? Not Hollister Enterprises. Correct. For Thank you. tax pay, you know, for paying federal taxes. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Just tell me, how do you pronounce the name? Pacalolo. Pacalolo. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see, I've got uh, Ms. Dodge, then Mr. Roberts, then Mr. Sack. I just wanted to clarify, um, I think you clarified this, but just to make sure I understand. In your application, you talk about a retail store, but that's really kind of a, a part of a future plan. And today, you're here for an application for a cultivation only. Is that cultivation correct? Cultivation license, exactly. Thank you. I would like to answer one other uh -huh. thing. Uh, your protest on the, the waste disposal, mm -hmm. you know, the states address that pretty thoroughly with us also, but in our case, we are an organic soil growing medium, and all of our organic waste will be reprocessed on site um, with composting materials. The state requires that we have to grind it up, mix it with compostable material anyway, or through a solvent. We plan on mixing it with our own compost materials. Uh, we've got pallets and pallets of organic soils and worm castings and things that we will be using, just to let you know that we're uh, already addressing the soils. Thank you. Very much. Um, Mr. Roberts. So, um, have you thought about talking to the railroad? Obviously, I agree with you, they did it because they didn't want the traffic from that dangerous curve increasing the traffic. So if you talk to them about putting a gate on that side and opening that gate, so instead of people coming off the curve, they can come through Fox Avenue, and but they can't go farther, so there won't be through traffic? Uh, no, I have not talked to them about that, and I can't say that that was the reason they put the gate there, because they considered it a dangerous curve. Uh, my understanding is that the gate was put up so that there was no through traffic into the railroad area. <coughs> Mr. Salmon. Um, I'm familiar with the property, um, the bread store. Um, are you is your are you planning to use the former retail store for uh, your retail operation? Yes, the same square footage in front of the retail store. Same shows. Um, you say in the future you're going to have retail, but in a couple of places, page 493 and two pages later, probably other places. It says license number 10131 retail marijuana store in answer to what license types do you own or plan to own? And it's got the license number. So um, are they already issuing retail licenses? No, they've taken the applications and they are processing cultivation and testing companies first because technically you can't have a retail store or a manufacturing uh, company until there's a product for them to have. Yeah. So they are licensing the cultivation companies first, and they will license retail stores and manufacturing companies 90 days later, the, within a little envelope of time. That's what they're shooting for. But they've already given it a number. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've already fully um, completed our application for the retail store. Most of the other retail stores have also. It's just they're not processing. They're not... Um, they deemed our cultivation license complete and then send it, transmitted it to you uh, for this purpose. Uh, they are not reviewing the retail store and manufacturing licenses until all of these cultivation licenses that are currently under review are uh, 
have been finished up and then they will move on to the retail. But they have taken our applications and my application is as thorough and complete for my retail store as it is for that. I think the uh, article in the Newsminer um, said that you plan uh, a um, consumption uh, operation on the site. It's a part of the retail license is a um, consumption cafe, uh, consumption venue. Uh, we do plan on having one if it's authorized by the state. And what's your understanding that the at this point pending changes, I guess? Um, that the what what local hoops do you think you'd have to go through with the city and or the borough to to get approval for a consumption on site operation? You know, I can't say that I know for sure how uh, it's all been addressed uh, throughout the zoning uh, ordinance process. Uh, you know, the city, uh, the same thing with. As far as I know, everybody is well aware that this option is available. That uh, uh, you pay an extra thousand dollars, correct, uh, to to have the additional endorsement added to the add-on license. Um, and you know, I'm not sure, other than what we've already been through with the zoning discussions, uh, you know, what we'll face when we come back here to ask for your approval on our retail store. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, back to that question. So, with the city, then the only thing they've approved at this time is also your cultivation. Correct. Is that correct. And I just wanted to talk about the dangerous curve. I have the pleasure of driving on Phillips Field Road many times, most days. And this has certainly never been the area that I found to be dangerous. The area that I found to be dangerous. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot my place in, in our discussion. So, no, you're right. I don't have questions. Any further questions for Mr. Holland? Seeing none, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Is there anyone else that wishes to testify on this application? Seeing none, public hearing is closed. Mr. Roberts? Um, no. Westland? Yes. Mr. Sadley? Yes. Mr. Quist? Yes. Mr. Lawrence? Yes. Mr. Dodge? Yes. Mr. Davies? Yes. And I would like to change the vote. Is it a motion to file a protest with one condition? Trustless. And last, but certainly not least, Rosie Creek Farm. I think alcohol probably is one of the worst things on this earth, but people use it responsibly, and, and I understand that. And so I vote for these liquor licenses. I move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. And move to protest. And this is what we all swear to with our hand on the Bible. Okay, marijuana license, Navy standard cultivation facility, license number one, triple zero, zero five.
We can. Mr. Williams again. Thank you. Borough Administration has reviewed the request for a new marijuana license standard cultivation facility request before you. The property is zoned correctly and Borough Administration recommends no protests. Mr. Members is here. Public hearing is open. As the applicant, you have 10 minutes if you wish it. Um, th thank you very much. My name is uh, Michael Emmers, Mike Emmers, um, uh, 2641 is my, my address. Um, I'm here to answer any, any questions that you might have. I was at the Marijuana Control Board hearing um, today in Anchorage and we were uh, approved um, by the state for uh, a standard cultivation um, facility. Um, and. I was talking to uh, Ms. Hutchinson at the break. Um, they, there was some discussion, quite a bit of discussion actually there today about the background checks. And I think what they decided, and you'd have to check the record um, from from today's meeting to make sure I get, I get this right, but I, I think they, they agreed that they would um, approve um, licenses and if something came up in the background check at some later date, they gave authority to the director of the Alcohol and Marijuana Control Office to revoke the permit. So um, I hope that, that clears up that question. Um, also, I, I noticed something on in, in the agenda, um, and this is actually the fourth different um, street address that's been given for, for, for for this property, it's listed in, in the agenda as 2695. I believe it should be 2659. I, I'm bringing this up because a similar um, um, mistake. Um, we we listed it in our state application originally as 2559, and it was kicked back to us and almost made us miss the state meeting today and this meeting tonight. And, Jeopardized, almost jeopardized the whole season. So, um, because we were an outdoor operation, time means everything for us right now. So, um, I believe it should be 2659. We'll, we'll try to make sure that that's consistent throughout. Okay. Thank you. So I was curious, the approval today, is that conditional upon the protest here tonight? Correct. Thank you. That was basically my question. I didn't quite understand everybody telling us that they have this concurrent down in Anchorage today at the same time we're hearing their licenses tonight. I thought that they were supposed to be... I just didn't understand the concurrency, I guess, of, of having that. And does that mean that if, if this goes with no protest tonight, that start growing tomorrow or do you have to wait? Um, I'm unclear about that. I think it was just coincidence that the meetings happened at the same, on the same date and it, it is conditional on uh, the assembly having no protest to our application. I, I believe that we are able to start growing and ordering our tracking tags from Metric, which is the tracking company that the state is requiring us to use. Um, and it's also conditional on us getting everything that we told the state that we'd have in place is in place, which means our security system, our security defense, etc. Um, so they will inspect us um, 
uh, we'll arrange a day for them. They'll come and expect us to make sure our events are tagged and our security system is up. So that inspection isn't before you start, but it's shortly after you've started? I, I believe so, but you'd have to check the... I, I missed that part of oh, the meeting this morning. You'd have to check the record of, uh, of what they um, what, what they decided today in this morning's meeting. Thank you. Uh, six acres devoted to this. Um, we have... Six acres, we actually have eight acres inside a security fence. Uh, six acres is cleared. We're not going to grow six acres of marijuana. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> no, we, I think in our state plan um, and in the maps I provided the, the borough, we have uh, an, uh, roughly an acre and a quarter um, planned, and then in several um, high tunnels, which are large greenhouses. Yeah, and, and it's already fenced, so I, I was going to suggest that's a lot of chain-link fence. That's actually, we, we contracted with uh, Denali Fencing to put in a fence that's similar to the large animal research station to keep moose out. And that's actually more of a concern to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to testify on this application? Mr. Lawrence? Yes. Mr. Satley? Yes. Mr. Roberts? No. Mr. Wesley? Yes. Ms. Hutchison? No. Mr. Christ? Yes. Ms. Dodge? Yes. Mr. Davis? Yes. Five five. So that was all of the individual presentations by each each can of business that's heading up, and we know that they already were successful. But let's go ahead and listen to. I just combined all of Lance Roberts. He he one after another. Then I did all of Diane Hutchinson because it was pretty much all the same. They just repeated the same thing, and then I put some reasonable answers. And by um, Christopher Quist, Van Lawrence, Catherine Dodge, and the borough attorney. Um, she answered about the supremacy clause, which was a good answer. Uh, um, Catherine Dodge keeps going back to her moral, um, moral, I don't know, moral, uh, her oath, her oath that she is going to um, respect the Constitution. And she points out over and over again that she, um, they made the oath on the Bible. Not sure what that meant, but whatever. And um, so, what I'm going to do now? Let's let's listen to them, and uh, we'll get back. Mr. Roberts, so this is uh, all been passed out to you in your packets. So I want to read the grounds here. Everyone knows what it is. Um, and this first paragraph will be grounds for all the protests I do tonight. Will apply to all of them. Growing marijuana for commercial sale continues to be a violation of federal law. The Assembly's oath of office includes swearing to uphold all laws, including laws of the United States. Under the Supremacy Clause of the United States Constitution, Article 6.2, lawfully adopted federal laws prevail over state and local laws. Accordingly, a marijuana business operating in violation of federal law should not be licensed to operate in the Fairbanks Commercial Borough. Next, in referring to the character and public interest of the surrounding neighborhood, 
This facility is in an area with a residential character in many residences and would negatively impact the surrounding neighborhood. Next point, dealing with public health or safety, including pedestrian or vehicular traffic safety. Uh, marijuana cultivation negatively impacts public health. So, um, speaking to that, uh, I'm not going to go into so much the legal and the oath. I certainly think that's important. I'll let my second speak to that more. Um, I want to bring up the fact that what the problems you're going to have associated with allowing illegal operations in your town. You know, that was just brought up with the cash. Um, of course, they're requiring lots of security because you have lots of security problems when you're dealing with the cash business and um, with that kind of problem. Uh, there's just a lot of problems that come with having illegal businesses. And at any moment, the federal government could decide they want to do something about it, and then you could have a lot of uh, disturbances in this town when they come to do something about it. So um, that's with that. So with this neighborhood, this is a, a residential neighborhood. It's in GU1, so they were able to uh, get that zoning permit for their small facility with some finagling of the building. But uh, it's still next to other residences, and uh, I think it's inappropriate for that neighborhood. And I think that's part of what the assembly has to really watch for because we found that when we were doing zoning that we couldn't find a good way to define residential neighborhoods that weren't zoned residentially. We just, so we put in something for conditional use in certain circumstances, but we couldn't find a good way to define it. So now we have to look at each one as it comes towards us and recognize this is a residential neighborhood. This is not where these kind of facilities belong. So this particular one is in a residential And then uh, I don't have to go on too far about the impact of public health. There's a lot of people in this assembly who are very concerned about PM2.5 and you're directly inhaling PM2.5. It's like putting, putting your mouth up to um, the stovepipe on a wood stove or even an oil here and sucking it right in. You know, there's nothing healthy about it. But, of course, it goes way beyond that uh, with the kind of impacts it's going to bring to the community and to that neighborhood specifically. So, uh, those are my reasons. Thank you. And move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. Move to protest. And move to protest. So, um, for this one, uh, the reasons are actually the same. This is also a um, uh, an operation that's in a residential neighborhood. Uh, the one difference here is this also has outdoor cultivation. So now we're putting an outdoor grow in a residential neighborhood. So as far as I'm concerned, that just um, makes it a little bit worse now. Uh, and you can see, actually, I can see a little on the map. I looked at Google Maps where you can see it much better. There's certainly a lot of trails in there. Um, I think an outdoor growth there would be concerning. Right? Thank you. I move to protest. 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 So uh, the reasons here are simpler because this really isn't a residential neighborhood. There's a few houses around there. This is an industrial neighborhood. Uh, so my grounds are the violation of federal law and the impacts to public health. And move to protest. 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 Mr. Roberts. So the grounds here um, got violation of federal law, marijuana cultivation negatively impacts public health, and then if the specific reason that 
Fox Avenue is cut off on the subdivision side of the lot, so the entrance is off of Fieldsfield Road, right on the dangerous curve. Having businesses there that will generate a lot of traffic will increase the hazard. Um, of course, as was pointed out by the applicant, they're looking at having a club there and retail, so they're going to have a lot of traffic, a lot more than a <coughs> delivery place in the bread store would have had. Um, plus, um, when you're talking about a consumption club, you're talking about people who are going there for one purpose, getting high. You're just increasing a hazard. We had a lot of people just this last year slide off Phillips Field Road when the icing got really bad. It's a crime. We're talking about the cultivation facility tonight. Right. I'm just pointing out because it all adds up all the facilities that are on track. That's the intent. That's the future. So um, those are the reasons, and uh, I hope you'll take those into consideration because because every life matters, and when someone gets smashed because someone drove out of there um, inappropriately, it's not going to be a good deal. Thank you. Really? Very much. Move to protest. 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 Second. So, um, Grounds here, um, violation of federal law, <coughs> marijuana cultivation negatively impacts public health. And uh, in this particular property, it's access, access through and adjacent to a residential neighborhood and will negatively impact it. Uh, and I'd also like to point out, as I'm sure this assembly remembers, that the property was rezoned just recently from, G, I believe, GU to RA, and so it would have had a conditional use permit, and the neighborhood would have got to weigh in if we hadn't. Um, have rezone that property. So um, I'd just like you to think about that. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, it's been a couple weeks I asked the uh, clerks to send me our oath, and I'd like to read it. And this is what we all swear to with our hand on the Bible. I believe that uh, the clerks could affirm that. I do solemnly affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States the Constitution of the State of Alaska, and the laws of the Fairbanks North Star Borough, and that I will honestly, faithfully, and impartially perform my duties as a member of the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly to the best of my ability. And I'd like to, um, you know, when I, I asked them to send this to me because I was concerned about the Supremacy Clause. You know, I vote for liquor licenses because it's legal. And I have taken an oath to to affirm that and, and do that. I, I don't drink myself. Um, I think alcohol probably is one of the worst things on this earth, but people use it responsibly, and, and I understand that. And so I vote for these liquor licenses. But I look at my oath, and I can't vote for these marijuana, marijuana licenses. Um, if you actually look at Article 6 of the Constitution, because you can't just pick and choose what part of the Constitution you are affirming that you are going to uphold. We've sworn an oath to uphold and affirm the Constitution. And Article 6 of the United States Constitution establishes the laws and treaties of the United States made in accordance with it as the supreme law of the land. And basically, when the federal and state laws conflict, federal law always prevails so long as the federal law is otherwise valid in the first place. In other words, that they had the power to enact that law in the first place. To me, an oath is like a contract with the public. The 
Constitution is established as the supreme law. That law applies to situations where state and federal laws disagree, and it's called the Supremacy Clause, which is part of Article 6. This clause contains what is known as the Doctrine of Preemption, which says that the federal government wins in the case of conflicting legislation. When there's a conflict between a state law and a federal law, the federal law prevails. The Supremacy Clause is the cornerstone, in my opinion, of our form of the political system. Because if you don't have that supreme law, you basically could um, mob rule. Whatever you feel is best, you can make the rule and forget that, that there's a federal law that might trump it. And that's what we've basically done. Um, Anyway, it says the Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all the treaties made and which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land, and that comes right out of Article 6. So I take my oath very seriously, and I'm sure my other fellow assembly members do, but, you know, this is the first time I really looked at what this oath means. And, and maybe if we don't want to follow the oath, um, somehow the oath needs to be changed. But... I put my hand on the Bible and I said, have twice said now that I will do this. And specifically, there's a reason when you look at oaths that they list the U.S. Constitution first, because it is the supreme law when there's conflicting law. So I, I want to say that. And the other reason I'd like to protest is I asked the courts also to send out that one letter that wasn't in our packets. Would um, you let me read all these letters from the state of Alaska? The very last paragraph says, at this time, the fingerprints submitted by the applicant cannot be submitted for a criminal history report until a date to be determined by the Department of Public Safety and the Federal Bureau of Investigation based upon the effective date of the act containing enabling statutory language for such criminal history report. On April 27, 2016, the Marijuana Control Board directed me, meaning Ms. Franklin, who's the director, to determine applications complete based solely upon the representations made the, by the applicant in form MJ00, which is attached. I have a problem with that. Part of this whole uh, process that we were supposed to go through was containing the background checks of the applicants. The gentleman that just testified, uh, I also thought you had to have residency in, in accordance with the uh, permanent fund. Uh, four months of residency doesn't get you a permanent fund. Um, and so I, I have a problem that we seem to be accepting applications from the Marijuana Control Board that really aren't complete. They don't have the background check. Um, we obviously have someone that hasn't been a resident that could get a permanent fund dividend. And, and so I'm, I'm a little confused, and maybe the attorney could help me out on this, of why, why we are accepting incomplete applications just because the Marijuana Control Board has sent them out? I, I don't quite understand that. So we aren't accepting incomplete applications. I understand they're not applying to us. So they're applying to the Marijuana Control Board, and then we simply are given 60 days to act once the Marijuana Control Board sends, forwards them to us. So is that a ground for protest? Is that these background checks haven't been done, and therefore they are basically incomplete? You could... Yes, that could be a ground. I mean, you essentially, the state law does not limit your grounds for protest. You can, you can protest on any grounds that you need in the public interest. And the, um, the only sort of check on that is the Marijuana Control Board reserves the right to reject your protest if they determine it's arbitrary, capricious, or unreasonable. And then 
another question, maybe Ms. Nelson would be a, Am I wrong in my understanding that this is connected to the permanent fund dividend residency? I thought that that was part of this whole issue. I'm not uh, aware of what they determined to be residency. <coughs> um, we'll grab the rules. If you wouldn't mind doing that, okay. but I think it, I think it is of the owner or they have an owner's signature um, unless we have information otherwise we essentially take the applicant's word for it so in this case the applicant to the state is a corporation we didn't know that at the time because we're issuing our permit oftentimes before they apply to the state so um, if it's of concern we could reissue a permit I'm just trying to clarify because it's the only one I see where the permittee name that the zoning permits issued in is in the name of an LLC, which is not the applicant to the state. That's my concern. 
is that you've issued a zoning permit to an LLC, which is a single-member LLC, versus the corporation, which is the applicant to the state. And that's on page 490. And I believe the next application is the same way. Right. Well, <clears throat> we knew when we undertook this process of issuing our zoning permits or conditional uses before state license were issued that we would have some of these discrepancies come up. We put a condition on there that the, the documents, um, the applicant shall submit current and accurate documents if the site plan or other application materials are changed subsequent to the issuance of the permit. So um, we could require a new zoning permit with the correct information that that is consistent and identical to what they submitted with the state. Asking the question because it is different. Madam Attorney, do you have any opinion on that? I guess if you recognize, I don't know that we've ever focused on the user. We do require the property owner to sign or somebody representing the property owner. But really, if you look at the purpose of the zoning permit, it's to ensure what's really critical is that you properly define and describe the use. Because what we're saying in the zoning permit is that the use is consistent with our our zoning laws. So, so I would say who, who the person is issued to is sort of irrelevant under our code and that's, that's if the use is that. described correctly. Thank you. Thank you. So I take my oath very seriously, Ms. Hodges. Yes, and I support you of the protests and again on the grounds that I believe that I violate my oath of office to vote for this. And I also would like to make a comment that Ms. Nelson brought to my attention during the break was that the residency is tied to the permit funding requirements. You don't have to actually get a permit fund, but you have to satisfy those requirements. Thank you. I've got um, Mr. Quist, Mr. Lawrence, Ms. Wesley, and Ms. Dodge. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to speak against this motion to file a protest and just you know, starting with uh, this idea of our ultimate supremacy clause. I would argue that uh, that the Controlled Substances Act and the federal prohibition of marijuana isn't lawfully enacted. Um, it took a constitutional amendment to give the federal government the power to prohibit alcohol. And I would argue that it would take a similar argument, or a similar amendment, rather, to give the federal government that same kind of pro prohibition power. And I am familiar with the jurisprudence and the history and how we got here. I'm sure most of us are. Um, I, in my opinion, that doesn't make it constitutional. Obviously, that's above my pay grade, but um, I will act with my conscience on this. I think that, um, that Really, the prohibition of marijuana at the federal level has roots in racism and a, a far-right political agenda, and, um, and it's just not uh, appropriate. So, I, I, as, so I, I won't speak to that anymore because I could go on for some time. Um, okay, the character and public interest of the surrounding neighborhood. I mean, if somebody wanted to have a small tomato greenhouse, indoor greenhouse in in the Rosie Creek area, that would be acceptable. This is 
the same kind of thing. It's, an in, it's a plant growing inside. Um, and on top of that, it's completely over-regulated at this point. I mean, we've gone, I mean, we're playing it really safe here. We've got lots of rules, and it's just a plant. Um, and then I'm just, uh, and then, so marijuana cultivation negatively impacts public health is a claim here. And I, mean, I would disagree with that in a lot of ways. I'll re reiterate one more time, it's a plant. Okay, so cultivating the plant does not in any way impact uh, public health negatively. And the other thing I'll mention, 25 states now recognize medical value to cannabis. So I have a hard time accepting that it categorically negatively impacts public health. And, and I, I guess that's all I have to say in regards to this for the moment. Thank you. Ms. Weston. Yes, I just wanted to follow up on uh, Ms. Hutchison's question about who the applicant actually is. And just to clarify, especially for our listening audience on the radio, the sole applicant, according to this paperwork, is a lady named Leslie Dunley. And I believe Mr. Hatch is just here to represent her because she was unable to be here. She's down in Anchorage tonight. So the only applicant is Leslie Dunley. It's not the gentleman that's here. Ms. Thank you. Um, to the attorney, can you speak to the supremacy clause issue, please? And I know it's complicated because we end up finding this little glare between state law and federal law and federal government saying that we're going to ignore this. Anyway, could you speak to that, please? Sure. Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot to add to Ms. Hutchison's um, discussion of the supremacy clause. I mean, clearly, I think we all learned um, a while ago that, um, that there's a supremacy clause in the United States Constitution, and that means that neither local nor state can introduce laws that conflict with a federal law. And what? And prevail at least. Yeah, I guess you could do it. And just, yeah. um, constitutionally, the, the Supremacy Clause says that uh, the federal rule prevails over it. Um, I guess the only thing I would add is that um, certainly you did swear to uphold the laws, and, um, but you need to recognize here that you are not um, taking action. It's the state that's issuing the license. All you're being asked to do is to weigh in with a recommendation as to basically a protest or no protest. You are not taking an official action in terms of anything that what you by you voting protest or no protest, you're not violating federal law. So, and I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah. remove the point that people, you know, certainly this is a valid means, a valid um, grounds for a protest. I'm not trying to indicate that, but um, I do think that by, by your action tonight, I would be professionally obligated to tell you if I thought you were doing something that violated federal law. And with regards to the fingerprint issue, I presume that the state's not going to issue their final license. We're just part of the input to them issuing the final license. This protest is one, one checkbox for them. Is that correct? correct. It's, they're required to give you 60 days to, to provide your input. Right. And, right. But right. you are not the decision maker. Right. We, and we can assume they will, they will use normal, I would imagine we can assume they will use normal. Cautions and they will not issue it until they 
Marxist chapter. Many Marxists. I would hope that they would also um, uphold the law. I mean, yes. they, they have legal standards and things that are applicable to them. Thank you. I, before I, I, I too speak against this um, protest. I think that this application is congruent with the vote of the people. I think it's congruent with the code that we've passed. We clearly stated that you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time thinking about how small or limited grow would be and, and what that meant in G1, and this is congruent with what we as a body concluded and agreed to and voted on. So I think it's appropriate for us to, um, inappropriate for us to protest it. And I also want to agree that you know, I don't believe marijuana cultivation is a public health issue. Um, Thank you. Well, you know, and, and this is this Hutchinson made reference to it. Now, you know, that this assembly this evening had addressed six liquor license either applications or transfers. We unanimously approved all six of them. Uh, in 1975, uh, the states, the Alaska Supreme Court stated in Raven versus State that it appears that the effects of marijuana on the individual are not serious enough to justify widespread concern, at least as compared with the far more dangerous effects of alcohol. And so the memo from, from our attorney states that if we, if this assembly makes a protest and the board finds that it is to be arbitrary, capricious, and unreasonable, then uh, it will be, it will be overruled and as a you know as a body we don't want to be arbitrary capricious it's, it's not what we're supposed to be uh, the fact of the matter is, is that the federal government has backed off from enforcing uh, you know the, the laws against marijuana it's likely that they're going to get revised the state of Alaska and the borough of Sarah borough and statutes to allow uh, marijuana businesses to be established. Applicants in reliance on that, on those laws, have, have incurred a tremendous amount of expense and time to, to follow the processes that have been promulgated to do so. And, you know, I think if we start, if we, if we arbitrarily protest these applications, I think we're denying due process to these people. And, and I don't, you know, I don't think that's what our job is. Ms. Weston. Are we doing questions right now only on the protest or on the whole application? The motion in front of us is to file a protest. And I'll hold my question. with the attorney is the fact that the U.S. government doesn't particularly enforce a law make it any less a law? If the borough doesn't enforce a law make it any less borough code? No. Thank you. Mr. Roberts. Yeah, and I just want to make sure at least those on the radio understand that, uh, that I have protests written up on similar grounds so there is nothing arbitrary or capricious. These are very consistent protests that will be Any further discussion or debate? No. Okay. Uh, we first vote on the motion to 
been listening to a lot of people get their get their licenses here um the last thing i'm going to leave with is that all of them five for five were approved two against six the two that were against can of business are lance roberts on bro assembly we have two and a half more years of him and he is involved with the drug-free fairbanks uh they need 2500 signatures in about three weeks don't see it happening. Maybe, though. They have every right. And um, Diane Hutchinson. She is up for election, however, in the fall. Hopefully, any of our far north tokers, take her out. She has no rights in on there. She, she, hopefully, you, when you listen to this, you'll hear she doesn't know even what's going on. She's making decisions about stuff she's uninformed of and, and unwilling to listen. Uh what else I want to say right now, all these businesses were cultivator businesses. And one of the things I want to end with is listen to Guy Satley. He says there's no trouble um, approving these cultivator licenses. But as soon as you start talking about retail and consumption sites, consumption at your retail sites you he is going to have a different story um take it for what it's worth but um you know right now i have not toked out during this thing i've got a beautiful lemon kush i do not know who's growing this but it's been one of my favorites over the last couple weeks please if you're out there growing a lemon kush uh, i gotta i gotta meet you i need to know what else you're doing i need to see this beautiful nugs um it may be, uh, the trimming may be done by a machine because a lot of the crystals seem to be knocked off on the outside, but it's a great bud. Great bud, great buzz. Um, it seems to be, even though it's lemon kush, I'm, <laughs> it's all day. It's not knocking me out too much. So let's go out with Guy Satley's warning. And I also wanted to give a plug out to Scott Steiner from Kenneth Murray Insurance. Um, he was there very can of friendly. Him and I were sitting next to each other, chuckling about a lot of things, different people were saying, and he's looking to help people out with insurance. It's a hard thing to find insurance in the can of business, but it seems like Kenneth Murray insurance is going to be helping people out. So that's once again, Scott Steiner, four, five, six, 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 four, six. All right. When you need can insurance, go to Scott Steiner. Hello. I find it rather amazing that the Alaska Railway isn't bothered by this activity when the banking world is bothered by it and everybody else. Uh, but so be it. And, and it is Mr. Wilkins' building. Um, uh, but it's the railway's land. <laughs> I don't, I, I've driven Phillips Field a lot, uh, Phillips Field Road a lot, and uh, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that curve is a problem for a cultivation facility and the traffic that he's going to have. Um, 
when this conversation moves on to retail and on-site consumption, I'm going to be a tougher bird on this stuff. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud at Far North Tokers. Say